2: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: It is primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could join us tonight. We have Thursday Night Football, New England and Atlanta with a major uh, inactive that was just announced. Matt will tell us about that, but not before we can all say to everybody. Happy Shohei Ohtani Day, everybody! How you feeling, Kelly? I'm feeling good, man. Happy Shohei Ohtani Day to you. You too. I'd say Happy Shohei
4: Ohtani Day to Matt. But I don't yeah. think he had a ticket. I'm not sure if
3: he did either. He's, he's all business right did, now. Did you have one?
4: What's that? Shohei oh. Ohtani ticket? No, you didn't no. have oh, one. Oh, no, I
3: don't. I don't. He's the guy,
4: but
5: he's the guy. Base, stupid baseball future. Over
3: one million dollars <laughs> lost at William Hill on Shohei winning, which for an award is pretty, uh, pretty outstanding. There it is. Look at that graphic. Well done, Isaiah von Drinkle. Congratulations from the PTA crew. 53 days since his last appearance. We had to wait for that. It is not happy Juan Soto day, uh, day though, however.
4: Yeah, sorry, Gil. Yeah. Gil got in here all early to to watch the the unveiling and everything. And we, then, we knew it wasn't And happening. then, of course, MLB Network was not didn't working. Work.
3: <laughs> didn't even work. We didn't even get to see it. Jason uh, Garden. he texted me three minutes once he saw Mike Schmidt, the face of Mike Schmidt. He knew he was presenting, but he saw Mike Schmidt's face, and he said... <laughs> They might as well just have Bryce Harper's parents giving out the award. It's so ridiculous.
5: All right. Football tonight, Matt. We have a major inactive announced. Yeah, so Cordero Patterson's not going to play, um, which what that has done here, move this thing back to seven. Um you know, look, and people are going to say, what are you talking about Cordell or Patterson moves this thing from six and a half to seven? It's more the fact that the, just the lack of overall weapons than at that point for this Falcons team. And so you, you're saying like, oh, this is a complete overreaction. Well, you know, listen, we were all sitting here saying this, this line does seem at least minimally bloated, but then you start to really break this down and you look and you go, okay, so now it's Kyle Pitts, which we assume Bill Belichick is just going to completely remove. He'll sell out to remove Kyle Pitts from the equation. And it's Matt Ryan trying to beat this Patriots team with Russell Gage and Tajay Sharp mm-hmm. and whatever Zacharias is or whatever is Zacchaeus <laughs> or whatever his name is that that is that is receiving for this Falcons team. I mean it is it's a listen, the only the only playmaker they have above replacement level is is Kyle Pitts at this point. They are 32nd Rushing offense DVOA their thirtieth rushing offense according to Pro Football Focus. So the two big time advanced uh, advanced statistics places agree that that they can't run the ball. So it's a super one dimensional team as it is anyway. And now it's literally one guy that is above replacement level. If we don't think that Bill Belichick is going to sell out to remove Kyle Pitts from this game and then just say beat us with these other guys, I would be. Shocked if that were not the case.
3: It. I'll tell you what it did for me. It triggered bets for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bet this game otherwise. Now I'm. I'm. I bet it several ways, all in in teasers. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not laying the points. Might have joined you. Yeah. yeah Might have. So you know. Just saying. Might
5: have joined you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that that's how much it meant, right? Yeah. We were waiting for that. Yeah. Because and, and people are gonna say, I can't believe we're here in twenty twenty one and we're handicapping like Cordero Patterson. Like this is different if Cordero Patterson was on just about any other team in the NFL with other situations. But the 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 fact of the matter is, is with Calvin Ridley sitting right now, he is the only other guy with a pulse in this offense that that can make plays. And so when he's not in there, you're You've you've become so incredibly one dimensional, and it's a, it's a one trick pony, which is get the ball to Kyle Pitt. That it's just not, it's a it's a different type of situation. I know people are sitting out there going like, you guys are nuts that you would trigger a bet because Cordero Patterson is going to play. But what it does is it just it just. Drastically reduces yes. what this team can do on the that's, offensive side. That's of the, ball. the entire yeah. handicap of it. It is. Yeah. yeah, you're right. If he's
3: with a, a, a bevy of receivers it and Max doesn't
5: right. matter, it doesn't, doesn't affect what I think of this game one bit, one iota. But it's just when when now you're looking at this and and literally, it's. I mean, seriously, man. You go like Tajay Sharp has been discarded from three different teams. Like like nobody wants any of these guys. You know. I mean. Russell Gage was a was a was an also ran at LSU. Like he wasn't even a starter at LSU, and now he's going to have to get like you know be be the number one receiver here for the Falcons. It's just it's a it's a bad situation. Listen, we have a history of this. This is Bill Belichick. This is not us going down narrative street with the whole. Other thing. Bill Belichick has a two decade long track record. Of this, when a team does not, when a team is not multiple, when a team only has one path to victory, Bill Belichick, it's not rocket science. He just, for whatever reason, is the only coach that has been consistent over doing this over the last two decades. He sits down and goes, hmm, Gil, Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like there's one path to victory for this team. Why don't we shut that off and just say, you know what? Go out and try and beat us with this with anything else. That's perfectly fine. We'll allow you to do that. But I'm going to go ahead and, and shut off that valve right there. And he's done it for two decades. And so to, for us to think that that's going to change tonight, I think, would be, would be foolish.
3: You know uh, what else has a history? Us sitting here during the first half and seeing all of our handicapping go the other way.
5: Yeah, yeah. Then we leave here. I just talked about Russell. Russell Gage is going to have seven <laughs> catches for 120 <laughs> in the first half.
3: Boy. Yeah. We're going to leave here. We're going to be all distraught then by the time we go to bed. <laughs> and we're going to be all winners. But it never happens while we're here to enjoy. Not a once. We also have a, a first touchdown uh, skins game to uh, restart today. We will do that as well. And uh, about 25 minutes from now, and you you do a better job introing him than I will, Adam Levitan, co-founder of Establish the Run, is going to be on the show.
5: He's been on before, but explain what kind of run he's been on. Yeah, their they're basketball props, and we'll, we'll talk about the NFL side of things as well, but their basketball props as well have been on just a ridiculously, ridiculously hot run. I mean, we are talking of epic proportions and stuff. So we're going to talk to them just about that market in general, kind of what, you know, where you can try to look for edges, how you go about looking for edges and, in that stuff. And of course we'll see what he's on for, for football this week as well. But yeah, it's a, it is a, it's a really, really good. And again, the other thing is, is, is with basketball, it's, you know, these with football only happening once a week, you're, you're getting these, these props get released and then they just get hammered into shape Yeah. Throughout the course of the week, and by the time that bite kicks off, like it's it has been beat to beat to hell. Well, basketball is just not that way, right? I mean, there's basketball games every single day, so they put these up, and, and there's not enough time for these props to get hammered into shape before you can have a chance to go in and, and take advantage of some of these numbers. And so uh, we'll see if we'll see if we can, we can get a little bit of the secret sauce from him.
3: We'll do our own prop watch yeah. for the uh, Patriots and Falcons coming up here momentarily. But first, some, some other NFL news and notes: Ravens. Six players not practicing today uh, for various reasons. One of which was quarterback Lamar Jackson
5: with the mysterious illness. Still. And what that did, if you were wondering, people people took note of that today. So now it was the second game in a row. I mean, second practice in a row that he missed. This thing hit four and a half at a couple of different books today. So down from six to four and a half. Um on this news that it's been, you know, two days in a row on this, whatever this mysterious illness is, non-COVID, they have at least told us that. But whatever this mysterious illness is, the the betting market said, okay, enough of this. Like, we're getting fairly close to this game, and this guy can't even practice because of whatever this illness is.
3: The other Ravens, Hollywood Brown, out today with a thigh uh, issue. Rashad Bateman, his uh, cohort, the wide receiving crew, he was out Uh, With a shoulder injury, so was nose tackle Brandon Williams. He missed practice with a shoulder injury. Offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, um, maybe a rest day for him. And then linebacker Pernell McPhee, also perhaps with a rest day. So we're not sure about those last two guys. But six Ravens missing practice today. DeAndre Hopkins of the Cardinals missing practice today with a hamstring injury. Again, it's Thursday. We're getting there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield of the Browns, though, he was back at practice today. He just fighting through every possible injury. He's expected to play on Sunday versus the Lions.
5: To the almost I feel like at this point, like do you, start, do you start to wonder it's like to the detriment of his team? To the detriment of his team. And Kelly made this point early in the year with
3: Baker Mayfield. This is a contract year for him. Kelly's not paying attention. But that, yeah. that perhaps it would incentivize Baker to just want to be on the field at all times, perhaps to the detriment of his team. Doesn't even matter. So I don't know. All those things swirling.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh I, it doesn't surprise me anymore. I really I really do th- believe in that, yeah. uh, you know, from way back when and, and it makes sense, right? And I don't
5: I don't um, know if I'm living in la la land, but if Jared Goff gets ruled out and the betting public responds to that and gets this to like 13, I'm going to bet the Lions.
4: I I know. Like they're,
5: they're better off without Jared Goff. That's what I'm saying. Like I, if they if they if they, if they overreact because Jared Goff is not going to play in this game, like
3: I will I will take the thirteen. Jared Goff missed practice today with an oblique injury and Tim Boyle is getting the first string <laughs> reps, not David Blau. Tim Boyle, formerly of the Packers. So we'll see on Jared Goff. He missed practice again today. Alvin Kamara missed yeah, this another was practice. A bummer.
5: So this came out of nowhere. He practiced yesterday, so this is a downgrade. And so unfortunately, we'll talk about it a little later in the show. I had made some some bets last night, which are less appealing now. <laughs> Some Saints bets. Yeah, because he, he practiced yesterday, so I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. here we go. This is this is good stuff. Now nope. downgraded. Out
3: today with a knee injury. And then the Buccaneers, Rob Gronkowski, uh, full participant in today's practice. That's the good news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The bad news is uh, that wide receiver Antonio Brown did not participate, and we know now why that is. He uh, It appears that he has been accused of acquiring a – I guess counterfeit vaccine card. The Buccaneers themselves are saying that they followed all protocol and that they they themselves saw no irregularities with anybody's vaccination card. So there's your latest Antonio Brown drama.
4: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more to come on that. He's, I mean, he is still dealing with that injury as well. So who know? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that's what really kept him out of practice. But yeah, I think this 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 is a developing story, as they would say, with this uh, COVID. Uh, nineteen vaccination card. Uh, the one I did not put on there that I didn't think was going to be that big of a deal, but has moved line uh, uh, another line pretty significantly today is Aaron Rodgers missing practice with that toe injury. That is
3: getting to be a story.
4: And I just pulled. I just pulled up the lines. It's like it's down to Packers one in some
5: places. Yeah, I I took the Vikings. Um, I mentioned this yesterday on the show. Like, so here's I mean, it's a toe thing. I mean, like that's bad. This not great, man. He said he's going to play, but. I don't really care at this point. If he's going to be limited after what we saw this past week, man, I'll man, take it.
3: Antonio Brown, there's the trouble out there, he'll find it. Prop Watch next Beaston's Primetime Action.
6: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
6: You are looking live at primetime action
2: with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: With college basketball having started, now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide is everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, and Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures conference champions. That's futures. Conference champions. I missed the comma. (laughs) Tournament teams and player awards. Sign up today. Get your copy for only $9.99. $12.59 Canadian. At slash subscribe. That
5: is nine cents more than
3: yesterday. This American dollar. <laughs> strong. <laughs> Mateo, you have some uh, some basketball tip-offs to talk yeah,
5: about. Yeah, we got some tip-offs coming here. Um, two of them in the next 15 minutes. Only a handful of games tonight in the association. The Wizards and the Heat are at 7 30 Eastern, 4 30 Pacific. Right now, Heat are six and a half point home favorites. We have 206, 206 and a half out there on the total in this one. Warriors and the Cavs at 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific. The Warriors are nine and a half point road favorites. Total is 208 and a half to 209. There, eight Eastern, five Pacific. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. We got the Clippers at uh, uh, this is about a pick 'em. Actually, it's, it's a pick 'em at one location, and the Grizzlies is one point favorite at some of the other ones out there. 220, 220 and a half. Your total there, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, the Spurs, and the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are two-point home favorites over the Spurs, 219, 219.5 the total in that one. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, 76ers, and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are seven-and-a-half point home favorites, 209, 209.5 the total there. And then 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Raptors and the Jazz. Jazz, 10, 10.5 point home favorites over the Raptors in this one. your total.
4: And uh, just a couple injury notes on those. So for the Heat tonight, this is back to back games, both for the Wizards and the Heat uh, tonight. No Dinwiddie for the Wizards. Um, And then on the Heat side, we've got Bam will be back. He missed yesterday. Tyler uh, Hero will be out tonight. Kyle Lowry back as well tonight. So a little bit of shuffling going on with the Heats, uh, heats lineup there. Uh, and then I do have one NBA play tonight. I am on that cl- uh, Clippers in that game against the Grizzlies. I got the Clippers <laughs> rated uh, pretty significantly higher than the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies dealing with a bottom-of-the-league bottom, bottom of the league defense right now. So that's uh, I'm on that bet. I believe JVT was on that earlier as well. So uh,
5: Clippers plus one. One other little injury news thing here, and it's it's, it's on the Monday night game, so it's not uh, hadn't really been through the news cycle here with all of that. But on the Giants side of things, if you are, you know, if if you are a Giants backer like I am early in the week here, the injury report came out for today's practice and uh, you are not gonna believe this, guys.
3: Kenny Galladay is not on it.
5: Kenny Galladay is not on the injury. Is report. not on it. Wow. Oh, not
3: I, on it. So
5: and Matt, not, you, on
4: it. Not, not on it. Not on it. You could back this up. I heard today that this could be the first game the Giants play with all of their preseason skill players and offensive linemen healthy and ready to play in the game.
5: There, so, too many points. 11. This, too I many don't know. I pulled the trigger to the say. Guy yeah. that, um, the guy that, that they handed him the injury report, I'm sure he looked, and he said, no, you forgot to put Kenny on yeah, here. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> no, no, he's fine. He's like, no, no, you forgot to put the, Kenny the, on here. The obviously. office called them back. <laughs> Guys, did you forget somebody? Guys, are you sure? about this? Yeah. Just wanted to double, triple check. But he was not on there, and neither was Cadarex Tony either, so both of those guys not even listed on the injury report, so that was one of the things that kind of went into me pulling the trigger earlier in the week on this, was that I, I felt like the Giants were going to be, you know, full strength, at least at the wide receiver position. We'll still see about, um, we'll still see about Saquon, Saquon Barkley. He was idea. a limited participant today at practice, so that's at least a good thing that he was out there. Again, him being limited today with the game being you know, on Monday doesn't really matter. We'll, we'll kind of figure out where he is at. Way better tomorrow, but um, all things kind of looking good, at least for that that kind of handicap there.
3: I hate to say it, but I think the Texans and Giants are two of my favorite plays this weekend against the spread. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> I know. That's fun. I know. Not the Lions, are. though, yet. Not the Lions yet. <laughs> we'll see. All right, now it's time for Propus Watches. Prop Watch. It's from the Latin, Propus Watches, by the way. Prop watch. Mac Jones. Matt the Ryan. The genius of it. Yes. The genius. Good word. <laughs> Nicely done, Kelly. Mac Jones, 251 and a half for the Patriots. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, 248 and a half. Very close uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Passing touchdowns, both at one and a half, though Mac Jones is juiced to the over, and Matty Ice is juiced to the under. Picks at a half, though Matt Ryan's is juiced to the over, and Mac Jones is to the under. And there you see the passing of the rushing yards as well.
5: Yeah, and I mean, so you're going to go, well, what do you mean? Why is Matt Ryan so juiced to the over? Well, I mean, if you're looking at kind of how this game is lined with them being seven point underdogs at this point, well, that obviously leads to, and we already talked about having no run game to speak of whatsoever. If you put the ball in the air more often, there are more chances for it to be picked off. And so he's a numbers going, game. Man. Yes, yes, it's a so numbers he is game. is going to be putting the ball in the air more often, therefore, more, far more chances for him to be picked off. In this thing, so this no discernible edge for me uh, in this at all. I have Mac Jones at two forty nine and a half, so that number is pretty much right on where it's sitting right now. I had Matt Ryan. At about 245 and a half, so three yards off of that one. So really no edge here for me. And and to be perfectly honest, it was a little bit tough to go after this because we didn't really know one, we didn't know about the Cordero Patterson thing until, you know, a few minutes ago, as far as like him being officially act- inactive in this thing. So it's kind of hard to then redistribute things if you don't know, you know, who who's gonna be playing and who's not. And then on the other side, from the from the Patriot standpoint, it's kind of one of two things, right, Gil. It's like you're if if they get up, if they get up in this thing, a lot, do they just kind of shut down throwing all together? You know, I don't know. So there's just kind of a lot for me to, kind of handicap there in that thing. Uh, Damian Harris, by the way, I should mention, did clear a concussion protocol for the Patriots, so he is going to be playing tonight for them. Receiving props: Kyle Pitts, 60 and a half yards for the Falcons, four and a half
3: receptions. Jacoby Myers, the law firm of Jacoby Myers, 54 and a half receiving yards for the Patriots. Remember, he scored his first touchdown of his career last week, which is hard to believe. Four and a half receptions for him, and then everybody underneath that.
5: Let me guess that that number on Pitts has gone up since we... Yes. Well, I'm sure I'd imagine all of them have, but especially his. Since since it got ruled out in this one. So, oh, actually...
4: 64 and a half is what it's
5: at. I was going to guess six. 64 and a half. Yeah, so that's what I... That's what I figured in this because it's it's one of those deals where it's gonna naturally go up. Everyone's just gonna assume that the ball gets forced to him and that it's going to be uh and that it's gonna be, you know, kind of pushed his way. That said, if we go with if I go with my handicap here, which is that Bill Belichick's gonna do everything he can to limit his production and then let everybody else go at it, then you would kind of naturally lean to the under there on Kyle Pitts and maybe the over on one of these other ancillary receivers, right, on a Gage or a Zacchaeus or a Tajay Sharp or some kind of something like that, right? So I would be on the under on Pitts just out of kind of how I feel like this is not a, this is actually not a numbers play on this at all. This would be more of a how I feel like this game is going to go. Historically, what we've seen from a from a Belichick scheme when, it, when a game has kind of fallen, the cards have kind of fallen like this does. So I would be on the under, yeah, all the way up to 64.5. Everybody piled in thinking, oh, okay, no Cordero Patterson. is going to be all Kyle Pitts. I don't I, – I'd let them – and honestly, that number is not going to go back down because everybody likes to bet overs and everyone's going to overreact to the, num, to the thing that Cordero Patterson – so if I did want to play an under – We've got an out, whatever, 45 minutes until kickoff here. I'd wait another half hour, let this thing go another yard, probably up, and, uh, and then I'd come in on the under on it. Do you ever
3: remember a, uh, a receiving props for, for any of the game, receiving props slate of any of these that we've done on Thursday or Monday night that had less star power than the one we just showed up That to?
5: That screen right there, yeah. if you look <laughs> up and down, it is like replacement-level player <laughs> up and down outside of Kyle Pitts. Look I that. mean, like,
3: seriously. Myers, Gage, Bourne, Aguilar, Zacchaeus, Henry, Sharp, Stevenson, even
5: Hunter Henry down there. You look, and it's like everybody, it's all these guys that have just been shunned like 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 Jacoby Myers was I don't think he was drafted. Then you got Kendrick Bourne, who's been who was shunned. Nelson Aguilar, who's been multi-time shunned. You've got uh you, you got Tajay Sharp shunned. All these guys. You, you know what you know what stat
4: I stumbled across while I was kind of prepping for this? Hunter Henry's season. Yes. Seven touchdowns. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Thirty-one catches.
5: <laughs> it's, oh. it's all he has one every 4.2 catches is a touchdown. <laughs> just like they go to <laughs> him in the red zone and
4: that's pretty much it it seems
5: well there are worse
3: fates than that i guess but yeah only 31 catches anything with the rushing yards here
5: no because so my, my so the damien damien harris thing didn't come down until kind of mid-morning or something and so with all that here's the other thing with with belichick right so everyone's just assuming that damien harris oh, okay he cleared he's gonna he'll he'll be the guy well Ramondre Stevenson had a good game, had a really good game. So we, but here's the other thing. We've also seen Bill Belichick completely ice guys out. We've seen him like, who who knows, right? Like stick with the hot hand, ice other guys out. We keep, I mean, like we, we keep, we keep going back to this, but do you remember there was a guy that had four touchdowns in a game and then he was inactive the next week. Yeah. 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 Like, like, I mean, like it's so, wasn't he on the cover of sports illustrator or something too? (laughs) It's so impossible to handicap. Who's going to get the bulk of the workload here on the rushing side of things. So that that's a big time stay away. All
3: right. You won't want to miss this next Adam Levitan from establish the run, the prop master on a tear, more of a tear NFL or NBA or both
5: NBA, NBA,
3: but we'll do both. Next, Visa's Primetime Action.
2: You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VisaN, the sports betting network.
3: We have a new prop tracker now available on Visa.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Tracking props. Head to Visa.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much more. Check out the Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at visoncom slash NFL. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, let's bring him in. Let's talk to a gentleman who has been on fire with his NBA props. Also does the NFL props as well. It's Adam Levitan, co-founder of Establish the Run. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam
5: Levitan. That's L-E-V-I-T-A-N. How you doing, Adam?
7: Hey, I'm doing well. How's it going, guys? Are cool. you
5: are you at, are you in like Vail at your new house because of all the money that you've won with all these props or whatever? I know you moved to Denver, but I assume you've already got a mountain house now at this point.
7: Yeah, with these $300 limits, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just the mountain house fail. Yeah, exactly.
3: $300 at a time. His
7: mountain house has been built. Uh,
3: all right, Adam. Well, let's start with, before we get to the NBA tonight, because uh, people are probably uh, just on the edge of their seats for that. What about the NFL this weekend? What do you like prop-wise come Sunday?
7: Yeah, so, I mean, I think books have started to adjust on mean and median stuff. In other words, like, you know, we've been finding 15-20 unders a week to bet. And I you know, I don't want to say like we're influencing the entire market, but I have noticed a change lately where their openers are coming in way lower than they have been. And so, we picked off a couple that I thought were good early in the week, you know, Najee Harris was up at 116 and a half rush plus receiving yards. We had around 103. Point three, and you know it's not a huge huge edge and i think rush plus receiving introduces a little bit more variance than just rush or just receiving but anyways that was one that we took i also thought naji under four and a half catches you know historically running back receiving overs are some of the worst bets that you can possibly make and so we're looking for unders on running back receiving stuff constantly i did take one over this week i'm actually humiliated to admit it but I <laughs> uh uh tyler boyd over 37 and a half Receiving yards, I think the way Cincinnati has played lately and early in the season, they were protecting Joe Burrow very clearly. Now, last four weeks, I mean, they're fifth in pass rate over expectation. And I think this spot in Vegas with the good weather could be a shootout, I-, I think, over on the Tyler Boyd. There's been an overreaction, I think, to the gap between T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, down to Tyler Boyd. Adam,
5: on the in on the NFL side of things, kind of keeping this going as well, is there any specific type of prop that you notice that has been better basically over the course of the season than the other ones? I mean, is, I I always feel like, and I, you know, again, talking, you don't like to bet overs, but I feel like these like quarterback rushing props are always set at like a yard and a half and you need one scramble or one, whatever, where I always try to figure out if, if those might be, is there any one specific prop that you look at every single week to see what the number is?
7: The the quarterback rushing stuff is so absurd, right? Like yeah. Tom Brady, 0.5 yards. You know, it comes down to like, is he going to kneel on the ball at the <laughs> end of the game uh, or not? Is he going to get a quarterback sneak? I, I've tried to stay away from those outside of, you know, some of the really big numbers they got on Justin Fields and, and Jalen Hurts. We had some unders there. I, I think our best market all year really has been pass attempts. And so think about what you can actually project accurately, I think we can do a really good job projecting pass attempts, projecting touchdowns can be hard, you know, rush plus receiving. Like I said, there's a lot more variance in it. You know, we had a Deontay Johnson under last week and was looking really good game goes to overtime. He gets a 39 catch in overtime lines, Mr. Field he gets another 10 yard catch. You know, there's a lot more variance in that. I think passing attempts has by far been our best market. And I think, you know, our model does a really good job of understanding um, likeliest game script. And in that game script, how often a quarterback is likeliest to throw
3: talking to Adam Levitan, two-time Fantasy Sports Writers Association Award winner. Congratulations on those, Adam. Uh, I'm curious, to the extent that I don't, I'm not asking you to give away the farm here, but to the extent that you can sort of give some insight on your approach, is this proprietary numbers that you have on your own? Is it a culling of, of various data? Explain to us how you uh, generally approached all of this.
7: Yeah. Are you referring to how we come up with our projections? Correct. Yeah. So we're not using anybody else's stuff on uh, projections. I think there's some merit to like wisdom of the crowd stuff. In other words, take a few projection systems that you like and aggregate them. And I know a lot of people do it that way. I honestly don't trust uh, anyone else. So, you know, just for NBA alone, I mean, we have five, six, seven guys per day working on the projections around the clock. We have a guy in Australia working overnight for us so we can be ready when the opener is uh, come out in the morning or if they're open overnight. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot goes into it. And I think, you know, I, I heard people like uh, Rufus and David Al talk about uh, on their podcast this week about how, like, it's hard for a computer to keep up with a lot of the manual stuff that goes into volume projections and market share, you know, like when Marcus Morris or Josh kogi you know, get ruled out, you know, a computer really has a hard time understanding that. And I think our guys understand exactly what's going to happen in terms of what the inputs should be, what the rush share should be, what the receiving share should be, what the assist rate should be for players in changing environments. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the process is extremely, extremely manual and extremely, extremely time-consuming.
5: Let's head to the NBA side of things, and I know you've got a couple that you're looking at tonight on the prop side of things.
7: Yeah, so... Um... There's so much in the NBA. I mean, God. And, and you know, I, I don't want to say I feel bad for the books, but, I mean, they're trying to put up hundreds of NBA props a night, and we're taking, you know, five to ten a night. And, I mean, obviously, like, people are like, oh, why don't you guys just, just start a book? Or why don't you, why don't the books, like, hire you guys? And we have tons of holes in our projections, too. The difference is we don't have thousands of people trying to pick them off. So, you know, we only have to bet five or ten out of the hundreds or thousands that are up each night. So, yeah, and the NBA is just is just crazy how much volume – that you can get on a daily basis. Um, There was a lot of changing stuff today, you know, like uh, Marcus Morris for the Clippers and Justice Winslow and and Nicholas Batum are all out for the Clippers. And so we think that they're gonna have to play bigger. I mean, they just don't have enough guys to play small. So we took the over on Zubac points over nine and a half. We got, that was minus 120. We took that around noon Eastern today. Um, The Dylan Brooks stuff, you know, that was just a straight projection bet. I mean, Dylan Brooks line opened up at 18 and a half. We had it 15.38 as a mean. And obviously... I think mean versus meeting is not a big a deal in NBA as it is in NFL. Like, the distribution is going to be way closer to the mean. But, yeah, we still thought that Dylan Brooks under 18 and a half was really good. And then the other injury thing that we took was the Aaron Holiday stuff. You know, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was resting. But, you know, we, our NBA guys think that Bradley Beal is going to play a lot of point guard. And Aaron Holiday is actually going to be off the ball a lot more. So we took under Aaron Holiday three and a half assists. We had his projection down at 2.9.
3: At what point, pardon me, <clears throat> at what point in the season, Adam, does this start to dry up? Does it dry up at some point? Does it just go to a trickle? I mean, when, I'm sure at the beginning of the season, your edges tend to be bigger. What, what is the trajectory of that typically?
7: Oh, for sure. And, and one of the regrets I had, you know, was that we didn't like absolutely blast. Like, you know, in weeks one, week two, week three, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. Is this a good bet or not? Like it, in week one, week two, week three, like we should just be blasting because you're right i mean Mao, it's getting harder and harder to find stuff we've only taken two bets so far this week uh in the nfl last week we got up to 15 vo- uh, on volume total but yeah a lot of them are, are thinner edges than what we saw uh earlier in the season and so you know i obviously like the book has some model i don't think they have the manpower that we're doing but they have some model that with more and more data is going to be better and better and i also think there's like Some context around them just keeping lines, especially NFL lines, lower and lower as especially on these small games, you know, like a primetime game. Yeah, you probably still find them uh, public betting into overs. I mean, nobody else in the world is betting like Traquan Smith unders besides us, you know, so um, I get I get that it's getting harder for sure. And and we might have to, you know, we're not going to force anything. We'll just reduce volume a little bit, I think. Flipping back
5: to the NFL this week, I know you don't play a ton of sides and totals and whatnot and things like that, but, uh, you know, you look at them all, obviously it helps with the different projections that you you do and whatnot. Is there anything that kind of jumped off the page to you this week?
7: Oh, boy, Matt, you're asking me to get out of my get out of my lane here with the sides and the totals. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that the Cowboys are just like a better team than the Chiefs, like full stop. Like outside of quarterback play, and Dak is very, very good. I still have a lot of respect for my homes, but offensive line, defense, run game, uh, weaponry. Like Dallas is better everywhere. Um, And so I think I would try to get a three. I don't think there'll be any threes out there. But the two and a half, I still think sounds okay to me. I mean, I I don't know, man. I know that's not the right way to think about betting these sides and toes. I just think Dallas is a better team, period. Adam, you do this for baseball too? Props? I don't. We don't. We don't have a a model or or anything set up for baseball right now. So we're, we're strictly NFL and NBA.
3: All right. Well, congratulations on all the success this year. May may it continue through as long a part of the season as you guys are willing to go.
7: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Adam Levitan, everybody,
3: at Establish the Run, co-founder of Establish the Run. Um, I'm always fascinated by process like that, always. And I worked with uh, Dr. Bob Bob Bobstol, who's a uh, pioneer in using predictive algorithms to, uh, you know, predict sports models and he does so much what adam was saying is so right he does so much manually after the fact because you know like kneel downs or Mm -hmm. um just garbage time rushing stuff like i mean there's so much that a computer can't capture and if you're not doing that sort of dirty work you're not really capturing the essence of all this so for those who are just you know new to betting and are like wow that is fascinating just know that it's you don't just show up and make a bet and be successful
5: yeah, no, takes a no, lot. no, absolutely, and I think you know the other the other deal about all of that is like he's talking about is you know if it's you you only take the stuff where you feel like you have an edge. Right? I mean, yeah. it's like there's so many times where you just you want action, you want action, you want action. You just got to take what, what what the numbers say. Take what they give you. We'll come back. Uh, we will look at
3: uh, all kinds of things heading up to the kickoff of the Falcons and the Patriots. How about some NFC South and some.
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart.
1: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now
2: and hit follow.
6: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and
2: Matt Brown on VCN, the sports betting network.
6: Pick
3: smart
5: and look smart. With the Express Football Pick'em, what means more to you? Picking smart or looking smart? I mean, I look smart all the time, so I'm going to say picking smart would be better for me. <laughs> Sorry I asked.
3: Join this two-part prediction pool series for free and compete for a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Express now to get in on the action all new Made to Express You. That's hashtag Express You. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil, Matt, Kelly. It is the Falcons and the Patriots tonight. Falcons hosting seven point dogs, no Cordero Patterson. We thought we'd look at each division and the associated odds. Let's start with the Patriots and the AFC East. The Bills obviously in first place, but only by a half game over these Patriots. Patriots come in tonight at six and four. Odds to win the division, though, man, they might as well be a country mile away from each other. Minus 450 on the Bills to win the AFC East. Patriots are three to one. The Dolphins are 150 to 1 at 3 and 7. The Jets 500 to 1 at 2 and 7. Uh, yes, no playoffs. You see, there is not even a no listed for the Jets. They didn't bother. <laughs> Just didn't bother. Uh, Patriots, yes, is minus 280. The no's plus 225. And then you see the associated uh, adjusted season win totals. Bills at 11.5, Patriots at 9.5, Dolphins, 6.5, Jets, 4.5. Can the Bills be beaten
5: here? I feel like the answer is no, but I'll put it this way. Not to the point where I would be laying 450. Right.
3: But you're also not rush, rushing to bet the 3-1 to one on the Pats.
5: I'm not either. Yeah. That. It's, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. That schedule remaining for the Bills is still pretty light on them, and you get a – you know, you get a team that at least, at the very least, has a has a good defense. And then, so, is the offense any good from week to week? That does vary. But it, the, the defense is at least solid. So, I imagine the majority of those games are going to be, you know, at least close in the, I mean, even when they lost, you know, to, to the Jags, which was a huge upset, the defense only gave up nine points. It's just they could only score six, you know, in, in that. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's – I don't think this is a bettable market from a to win the division standpoint. And if there's not two extra zeros on the Jets right there, then something is something's wrong.
3: Adjusted season wins, we'd have to do the schedule analysis here, but Patriots nine and a half, they you know, their favorite to win tonight, that would be win number seven. They'd only need three more wins the rest of the way to get over the nine and a half. And here is the rest of the Patriots schedule. Because after this, it's a home game against a diminished Titans team, right? No Derrick Henry. But whew, until those last two weeks, it's kind of tough. At Bills, bye. At Colts, home Bills. Then the Jaguars. Then at the Dolphins. So,
5: yeah, it's where it should be. Nine and a half is exactly where it should be, I think. That is – they have done the same analysis we did. I'll yep. put it that way. Yep. Yeah, because it is, it is dead on. And right as this,
3: And as the season, as the runway shortens – these adjusted season win totals should be that much more accurate.
4: Yeah, that's like it feels feels like almost certain they will finish with nine or ten wins. That's right,
3: that's right, exactly it's, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what, right. It's a perfect number. If they could get to nine and a half, exactly, they would. <laughs> right, yeah. All right. What about the? Uh, let's go to the Falcons and the NFC South, where the Buccaneers rule the roost, defending Super Bowl champions, although they have looked terrible the last two weeks particularly against Washington this past week. Buccaneers are still minus 500 to win the NFC South. They're at 6 and 3. Saints are a game back and the Panthers are a game and a half back. By the way, the Falcons are only 2 games but behind. The Falcons are the only
4: 2 games behind. <laughs> yes. Like this division that that is
3: crazy. Be, that should be noted. They're only 2 games back headed into tonight. Buccaneers are minus 500 though. Saints plus 550, Panthers 14 to 1, Falcons 40 to 1 to win this division. The Saints are the most coin flippy in terms of the yes/no playoffs. Minus one hundred and fifty, yes; no, plus one hundred and twenty. And then you see, the Bucks are still at twelve and a half.
5: Yeah, and you look at this this Bucks team, and the reason they're sitting at minus five hundred is basically because they're viewed as the. They're viewed as the best team in the division, and almost the remaining schedule is almost all the division. So they played the Giants this week and then they're and then it's the, the Colts, but then they get they have the Falcons, they have the Saints, they have Carolina twice left in this deal. So like it would they could just beat down all their competitors for Ooh, and a Jets game thrown in there. Yeah, for, yeah. for that division. As it is. And so it's kind of like they can basically knock off their competition everywhere along the way. They're viewed as the superior team, and so that's why the number kind of correlates to where it does with them. That game against the Bills is going to be pretty interesting there in Week 14. Both of those teams played up, have played down. Where will they be by that time? It's going to be super, super interesting for that. But, I mean, you know, again, I keep going back to this thing with the Saints. They are they have a good defense, and the offense is never going to light the scoreboard up. And so it's always going to be dependent on if that defense can continue to show up each and every single week. And then the offense scored just enough points to kind of get them by, which is, you know, again, what we saw this past week. They weren't quite able to get there, even though the Titans didn't do very much in on the offensive side of the ball. And so that's the that's kind of the big bugaboo there with the with the Saints. You can sit here and argue with me all you want that the that the Panthers will maybe they're way better by week sixteen, week eighteen. I can't sit here and tell you that they won't be. I guess, but not to the point where I would think that they're going to challenge the Bucks for the division. I think Washington might get them this week. I'm not sure if Cam Newton is uh, ready to go. Well, I have a, I have a, I have a ticket on the old Washington
3: football team. I yeah, do. Yes. Got the hook three and a half.
5: I did. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, like that. We bet that yesterday. Had, like you know, Kelly walk out of the studio to the to the counter back there behind I, us. I
3: like all these, you know, ugly dogs. Giants. Texans. Washington. Pfft. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't know if I'll be... I still don't know if I can bring
4: myself to pull the trigger on the Texans one, but I have on the Giants and Washington.
3: And I love the Titans, but I, I it's too many points.
4: The, if, that Bucks 12 and a half number
3: is like...
4: I mean, the unders minus one hundred and fifty. I just went and looked that up, but it's like almost out of principle. Like that's the bet. I mean, they got to go. But
3: well, their schedule's so cake.
4: I know it is, but they like for them to go over, they could only lose one game.
3: I mean, we said it was cake when they played Washington too. I guess, but
4: right, that's kind of yeah. it's just like in the the principle of NFL betting, right? It's like you can't assume a team's going to go uh, six and one
3: the rest of the year. What seven and one? How do you feel about the Saints making the postseason? Again, we've talked about how there's five NFC teams that are look to be locks to make the postseason, including the Buccaneers, right? Cowboys, Buccaneers, Packers, and then, of course, the Cardinals and the Rams, though the Rams have obviously fallen on hard times. But we think those five teams are still in. We've said that for a month now. Saints have the best record of the rest, if you will.
5: Yeah, this is the this is the interesting deal, right? Is like wh- who are those other two teams going to be? And I think we are all at least a little bit, a little bit buying in to this Vikings team. I think Vikings are for
4: sure one of them. So the for me, it's the who's the last team.
3: I almost think the Vikings
5: and Niners are the best of the bunch. Like it's kind of like we look and we go, okay, we think the Vikings can put together enough to maybe get there. So then, who's that last team? Do we think that the Panthers get any sort of boost? Do we think, like Gil just mentioned, is the, are the 49ers with this kind of, okay, we'll, we'll power run. Don't ask too much of Jimmy G. Just have him move the sticks when, when we need him to. Don't, don't take shots downfield. We'll just do, get a lot of yak with our super athletic receivers and stuff like that. I mean, is, is that the key here? Do the Falcons shock the world tonight and win and find themselves 5-5? Five and five? And the next thing, you know, we're we're talking about them. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, look, the, so the Eagles are sitting there 4 and 6. They're favored this week. Yeah, they're not out of it at all. And with that, they're they're playing the Saints, right? So that would be a that would be a a direct kind of like battle here for these teams that are that are going for that final wild card spot. Don't yeah, that on. is tough.
4: For like those let's if we assume the Rams are in. Like how I would rank those next teams with two spots open, I mean it would probably be Vikings Gil, you, know, you might be right. Might be 49ers next. Week. Well, you would have to say Vikings because you have them in your top ten oh, in of the course, power. Yeah, of course. But it'd probably be Vikings, Niners, then Saints, then Eagles for me.
3: Higher than Panthers, huh? Yes. I love that we have every single team in the NFC except for the Lions on this board. Every one of them. <laughs> it's a wild the NFC is. Everybody's in the hunt except for the Lions. Per our graphic here. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing though about those the NFC. It is so top-heavy. The Rams have fallen on hard times. The Buccaneers have. The Cardinals had a clunker. Uh, the Cowboys had a clunker. Everybody but the Packers recently had a clunker. Even the Packers did, right? They lost to somebody recently, didn't they? Didn't they lose the second game? Well, they the Jordan Love game. Oh, the Jordan Love game. Yeah, that doesn't count. But anyway, the point is, is that all these teams still had bad games, and they're still clear of the field, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's what I mean. That's what's weird about even that,
4: that NFC South division. So what? The entire division is separated by two games, and, it, the,
3: and the Bucks are minus five hundred. And it
4: feels like the Bucks are a mortal lock. Like I'm not. I
3: wouldn't be betting against them. I know. Isn't that crazy? They got real. Pro- <laughs> they got real problems, though. You
5: know. They do. So we'll see. They they definitely do. I don't think that I don't think they're out of the woods. No. But to For make all the playoffs, these other teams
4: have problems. That's, that's you insane, know, right?
5: Yeah. All of them. All of them! Except maybe not the
3: Packers or Cowboys. We'll come back. We will talk about, uh, of course, the Falcons and Patriots in terms of the first touchdown skins game. We'll also preview some upcoming NBA games tonight. Clippers, Grizzlies, Spurs, T-Wolves, Beasts, primetime action.